What is going on, everybody? Episode 4 of the 77 WABC Sports Podcast that still does not have a name. Still working on that. Eventually, I'll get a name. It's your host, MD. Today, I got a special guest, Tyler Davis, Green Bay Packers tight end from Long Island, Belmore. Went to Mepham High School. Excited for this one. TD, what's going on? Mike, how are we doing, man? I appreciate you having me on. Anytime, man. I appreciate you taking some time out to join. I'm going to jump right into it. We'll pretty much go through, you know, your journey to the league from going to UConn to Georgia Tech to playing with Aaron Rodgers. Pretty awesome journey. But let's start with uh, NFL Draft just wrapped up on Sunday. How intently do you follow the draft these days? Yeah, watching draft is always cool. Just as a kid, just following it a lot. Always know it's a special day and how it was a special day for myself as well. So I definitely pay attention to it just as more so a fan, just being able to watch young guys' dreams come true just like they did for mine. So uh, it's cool to watch, to be able to get some new energy in the league. So definitely always pay attention to it whenever it comes around. So Packers obviously always in the headlines with Aaron Rodgers, especially in the draft. You guys obviously you guys obviously lose Devontae Adams, which was a big surprise after you franchised him. But the Packers would end up drafting three receivers in this year's draft, probably headlined by Christian Watson, wide receiver out of South Dakota in round two. You guys also got a receiver in the fourth round from Nevada and the seventh round from Nebraska. Do you, do you reach out to any of those guys? Um, or in general, do you reach out to any of the guys that got drafted that you might know? Uh, so some of the guys that I know I'll definitely reach out to. Like We actually had a seventh-round pick that I played with at Georgia Tech. So just being able to be teammates with him again is pretty cool. So I definitely reached out to him. We also had a guy come down from minicamp from Georgia Tech, so I was able to reach out to him as well. But it's really just seeing these guys whenever they get here and mm-hmm. building a relationship off that. Um, you know, when that day comes, as I know – how it happened for me, I had 500 text messages. So, you know, uh, these guys are getting blown up the same way. So just give them a little space and let them have time to enjoy the moment themselves. And then when they come here, that's when you can really start to build that that friendship relationship and uh, just take things from there. Nice. So now what happens now? NFL draft just comes to an end. What's what's life in the NFL like on May 6th? So, yeah, so right now we're in the middle of OTAs right now. So basically – uh, we can lift, run, and we'll go to the field and we'll do some football-specific drills, um, throw routes, uh, work individual technique, uh, stuff of that nature. Uh, just have meetings throughout the week and put in our different installs that will gradually get to go in as we get closer to the season. So mainly a lot of just mental work right now and being able to fine-tune your school skills a little bit on the field too, which is nice. So. Uh, it's all good work. Uh, anytime you get to play football for a living, it's all a dream come true. So so I enjoy this phase. When does the activity start to ramp up? Yeah, so we'll get a little ramp up here once um, phase three of OTA starts up. So that basically means that you'll be able to play against the defense. So right now, we're not allowed to go 11-on-11 offense versus defense. Once that kicks up, which will be about three weeks here, you'll be able to practice um, just in helmets, 11 on 11, though, and uh, get after it a little bit and just be smart about practicing, and that's when it ramps up a little bit. But then we'll take about a month off and come back for, for training camp, and that's when full go, ready to roll, get, let's get ready for the season. So that's really when it 
will really heat up here. And you told me off air that you had a month off after these, this, I guess, this mini camp starts. And I, I found that surprising. What do you do during that month? Yeah, that, that month is uh, huge because um, for people that don't know, I mean, the NFL season is so long. The amount of hours that we put into this, I mean, my days are constantly 12, 14-hour days. Yeah, I mean, I get to the facility at 5.45 and I'm not leaving until 9 o'clock. Um, so just knowing how long the season is in that month is really important just to get away. I think it's really easy uh, maybe in my first year uh, to get burnt out when you want to go full out in that month off that you have that you have off. And it's important to train. You can't just sit down and do nothing, but being able to take some time to yourself and just maybe take a vacation or relax a little bit before we kick it up full gear and uh, roll. So definitely important just to get away and relax a little bit, mm-hmm. spend some time with family and friends. Because um, obviously in August and once the season kicks off, you're going to have pretty limited time at that. So being able to do that stuff in that month is huge. Yeah, that's awesome. So now let's let's rewind here. Let's go back to the beginning of this whole process for you and we'll kind of go step by step of how your career has played out. You graduate Mepham High School, which we went to high school together. You, you were a quarterback. You graduate a semester early and you go play at UConn. Were there any other schools involved in that recruitment process or was it UConn from the jump for you? No, I had a couple uh, spots that, that I was interested in coming out. I mean, UConn was a big one, but I had offers to Buffalo, Old Dominion, um, a couple of D1AA's, Stony Brook, Monmouth, um, schools of that caliber. And then it's funny, uh, and I'm sure maybe we'll get to it later, but coming out as a quarterback, my mm-hmm. whole dream in life was to play NFL quarterback at the time when I was in high school. And uh, there's a couple of schools that were recruiting me in high school that wanted me to play tight end, and I told them no. <laughs> so bigger type schools, so like uh, I took a visit to Florida, University of Florida Gators. They wanted me to play tight end, and I told them no to their face. Wow. You know what I mean, because I had this dream of playing quarterback in the NFL. So uh, funny to look back on that now and see that I'm playing tight end. So, <laughs> uh, awesome. But definitely there are some schools in the mix, but just felt like UConn was the – was the best option just as a school as for my football journey. So you somewhat jumped the jumped the gun on my next question. I was going to say you actually go to UConn to play quarterback, and then in your freshman year you convert to a tight end. How surprised were you about by this, and how difficult was that adjustment for you? Yeah, so I was pretty uh, thrown off guard there. Just uh, it was after my retro freshman year, so I'd retro to playing quarterback, and then was ready to finally become quote unquote eligible to play and. Uh, my head coach came up to me at the time, Bob Diaco. He's like, Tyler, he's like, you're too athletic to be holding a clipboard on the sideline. He's like, we need you somewhere. And we had a solidified quarterback at the time. We knew who was going to start. He took us to a bowl game the year before. And he's like, you got to play somewhere. And he's like, how about outside linebacker? I said, heck no. <laughs> I said, there's no way I'm playing a linebacker. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was basically a quarterback my whole life. I hadn't hit anybody ever in my life. So turn him down on that, and he goes, what about tight end? And uh, I originally told him no, because like I had previously said, my whole dream was to play quarterback. And that was a tough pill to swallow. Him wanting to change my life's dream. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. uh, it took about a month off. Uh, we had like a break. Um, and really thought about it. And I came back that first day camp and told him that I would do it. But definitely a hard decision, just knowing how much time I put into playing quarterback. You know what I mean? Um over all the years, I've been playing football since I was six, playing quarterback a majority of my life, just 
finally make it to the big show and they're changing positions. Definitely a tough pill to swallow, but uh, uh, definitely looking back on it now, the best decision that worked anyone could have made. Well. Yeah, no, it worked out pretty well. So yeah. what do you think the biggest adjustment was? Like, obviously your workouts change. You kind of have to change your whole body. You, like you said, you grew up playing quarterback. And now, now you're blocking and you're catching the ball. What do you think the biggest adjustment was? I will probably say just the physicality aspect of it. Um, that's something that's definitely learned and something that you're not just going to be able to pick up on day one, changing position. So that definitely took me a while to adjust. I probably took my whole first year playing tight end just to be able to figure that out. And I'm not even sure if it maybe longer than that. You know what I mean? Um, it, it's tough. I remember my first practice, live practice playing tight end. I got knocked on my butt. I not a very good player. Um, and I was like, wow. Like, this is legit, you know what I mean, in the, in the trenches. And uh, just being able to learn, um, like, put together your footwork, your leverage, uh, your pad level, your strike, just took me a really long time. That would probably say would be the, the biggest adjustment, change in positions. But uh, I wouldn't say it was easy running routes and all that stuff, too. I had a good idea, good understanding of it from playing quarterback. But there's definitely some nuances and stuff and, and some tricks to trade that – I've picked up over the years, but definitely blocking was definitely hard. But overall, it was tough. And I just knew that it's just the way that I'm wired. Just if I'm going to do something, I'm going to go all in on it. And that's sort of what I did with playing tight end. That is what I did. You know what I mean? I realized that I'm at the bottom right now, but I wasn't going to be satisfied. I'm going to work as hard as I can to be the best tight end I could possibly be. And I'm glad that it worked out to where I'm at today. So you play four years at UConn, then you transfer as a graduate student to Georgia Tech. I'd presume, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'd presume you did this to get, obviously, into a bigger conference. You go from the American Athletic to the ACC and try to bolster your draft stock. You think that's fair to say? Yeah, I'd probably say that's fair to say. I mean, if you look back um, on the schedule for Georgia Tech, when I went there my first year, the first game was at Clemson coming off their national championship. Mm -hmm. So... It was definitely a big reason why I wanted to move levels and, and transfer. But um, I wanted to see if I could stack up with the best of them. You know what I mean? And uh, playing Clemson that first game kind of gave me some confidence that I could really play with these top guys. And uh, it was just a great experience to be able to transfer and play in a Power 5 conference. And uh, so it was awesome. It all worked out well. Yeah, I was looking at your schedule, and once again, you jumped the gun on me. You guys played number two Clemson, Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, T. Higgins on that team, and these are like legit pros. Then you played number four Georgia. They have DeAndre Swift. They have James Cook and George Pickens. For those not familiar, both second-round pick this year. And then you also play Pitt, who had Kenny Pickett, who was a first-round pick this year as well. What do you think your most memorable moment was from Georgia Tech? My most memorable moment probably would be the last game. Hadn't scored a touchdown the whole year. My production wasn't great. Not saying I had a bad year, but production wasn't uh, what it was my junior year, which was a little upsetting, but I knew that my quality of play was still was still good. But probably say that Georgia game, hadn't scored a touchdown the whole year, like I said, and just scored in that last one against Georgia. And for people that don't know, Georgia Tech, Georgia is a big deal. Yeah, I mean, and uh, – the whole week, I'd never seen a rivalry like that. And obviously at UConn, there wasn't a true rival. Um, but being able to go to Georgia Tech and play Georgia in the last game, it's just a huge game. Been going on for a long, long time. One of the oldest rivalries in college football. Uh, it's, got, it's got its name, uh, Clean Old Fashioned Hate. 
Yeah, I mean, both schools just have a pure hatred for each other. So uh, being able to score a touchdown in a huge game like that was probably the most memorable moment that I had there. Yeah, these college games get rowdy, especially these big conference rival games, and I don't think a normal person has an understanding of how really crazy these college games get. So let's go to the draft process now. 2020 NFL draft, you're eligible, obviously, to get drafted, and you get drafted sixth round to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Take me through that day, the call from the Jags, just the, the overall process of everything that went down. Yeah, so for a lot of that day, it was pretty stressful going into that day. I wasn't completely sure I was going to get drafted. I, I was more on the side that I was. And then there was a couple of moments during the day where kind of shifted gears and thought the other way around that it wasn't going to happen. Just, you know, how the draft shakes up. Um, teams that are interested in you see the tight end that they didn't think would be on the board. And they take him because they didn't think he was going to be there and they don't draft me. So uh, just a lot of emotions going into that day. And uh, there's just so much anxiety and stress about what will happen. And uh, just pretty fortunate the way that it did. Just had a pretty good interview with the Jags coming out um, after my pro day. So I knew that there was a shot there and a couple other teams. And I had looked at my phone and seen that the Jags had – a couple picks ahead of what TV's at. So the people that don't know, too, the TV's delayed a little bit. The TV's delayed about five minutes. Okay. So if so, you're getting your call. When that name comes up on the bottom of the screen, the Green Bay Packers select, that's about – they already called the guy five minutes ago to tell him. So I saw that the Jags had a pick maybe five, five to six picks ahead of where we we're at now. So saw that they had a chance there possibly. And then as I was looking at the draft order – I got a phone call from the 904 area code, which is the Jacksonville area code, and kind of just dropped to my knees and was just knew that that was it and uh, got the call to get drafted and kind of the rest was history. It turned into a great day. It was during COVID, uh, so in New York too, which was uh, kind of the epicenter of all that, uh, primetime COVID and not many people. I would love to have a bunch of people uh, be able to celebrate, but it wasn't the case with COVID, but it was so cool getting drafted my name come across the, the screen how many people drove by and just honking and I was doing some interviews I couldn't hear a question because of so much honking and screaming outside I mean it was a truly special day um, something I'll never forget so very thankful for the way that everything worked out so awesome. I you I got the chills there just awesome to hear that whole story I actually remember I'm at my house like in the kitchen I think making something and I hear on the screen, the Jaguars select Tyler Davis, and I was like, shut up. Didn't Obviously, we're not the closest of friends, but I was following the draft, hoping you'd get drafted, and then I heard it, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. Were there any other teams that you were expecting um, could possibly take you? Who else Who else did you think you had a good interview with? Yeah, I thought I had a, a couple different chances with a bunch of different teams. Um, the Browns, I thought, would be a team that would possibly pull the trigger. The Ravens um, was definitely a team that I thought could – could play there to Dolphins, um, the Vikings. So there was definitely a bunch of teams that put their interest in me um, that I thought would have a chance to, to get drafted by. But glad everything worked out the way it's supposed to. So got no complaints on that end. So now let's fast forward a little bit to training camp of year one. What's an NFL training camp like? Or I get even compare it to like a college training camp. Yeah, you know, it's. Uh, I mean, I'll definitely say it was – probably starstruck at first by a couple guys mm-hmm. you know what I mean um, some guys that you watch for a long time 
that you're being able to sit in the same huddle with and then being able to be in the same locker room with. So, I mean, I remember my first day and we recently signed um, Tyler Eifert, who was a tight end for the Bengals for many years. And just when I switched over to tight end, my tight ends coach at the time, previously coached at Notre Dame where Eifert had played at. Mm -hmm. So he kind of compared me to him a little bit. So I tried to watch as much Tyler Eifert as I could. Uh, trying to emulate him the best way that I could. And then next thing you know, flash forward four years, I'm in the same locker room mm -hmm. as him. So definitely uh, was a cool experience to have that with somebody that I had watched for so long. But I'll probably just say in general compared to college and the NFL camps is just, I'd probably say just the overall intensity that, that comes with it. Um, I think in college, it's really easy to get away with a lot of things. Um just because majority of NFL players are the best athletes at the time at their school. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's easy to get away with a lot of things. Then you get to this level, and it's the best of the best. There's no one guy you can attack now because he's not as good as the other guy. You have to be so on all the time. You can't have a bad anything because you're going to get exposed. You know what I mean? And uh, if you take a bad step, if you're – late on a route if you're there's so many things that that make it different you know what i mean and, and that's what makes it exciting at the same time for me it's a great challenge every day every play mm -hmm. to be able to go out and you know that you have to put on your best because if you're not at your best like i said you will get exposed and that is not what you want so i would say that's definitely the biggest difference between college and the nfl just probably attention to detail to technique and uh, just going into the things that I just talked about, just you have to be on your technique every single play. So you play year one with the Jags. Any, like, welcome to the NFL moments during that year? I would probably say my welcome to the NFL moment was um, was probably my second or third game, and we played the Texans at the Man, Texans. you keep stealing my stuff. I was going to bring this up. I know exactly what you're <laughs> going to say. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm leaving your mind. I'm a step ahead, but uh, – <laughs> Yeah, I'd probably say that that was my biggest welcome to the NFL moment. Uh, I break the huddle, I come up to the ball. We've uh, this outside zone uh, play called, and I get down to my stance, look up to see where my my defender that I'm blocking is, and I look up and I see that's about to be JJ Watt. <laughs> and uh, obviously, him being the face of the league for I don't know how many years he's been doing it, probably ten plus, just been the face of the league. Um, was definitely like, wow. And then seeing his get off compared to when we snapped it was probably the most eye-opening thing ever because you see this huge, massive human being get off the ball so fast and so powerfully. Um, it was just pretty eye-opening. So I'd probably say that was the biggest one. But I had some cool ones my, uh, my first year, too. I didn't want to steal your thunder. Uh, but I remember my first game was, was a special moment, Thursday night against the Dolphins. Oh, yeah. uh, being able to have my first game Thursday night football was pretty cool. Had an unfortunate um, knee injury to, to start the season, so came back for that week three matchup, Thursday night football. So that was pretty cool to be able to have my friends there and my family there. Um, definitely a special moment for me, just being able to step foot on an NFL field. So. Uh, hate to steal your thunder there, so I could tell that Dolphins went in there for, for the eye-opener. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I actually remember that play because it was on red zone, and I think you guys were actually in the red zone. I think it was like a run right, and I remember J.J. And I remember I'm like watching with my dad. I'm like, 
Tyler Davis is lined up against J.J. Watt, you know, three-time yeah. defensive player of the year, five-time first-team All-Pro. Welcome to the NFL. So happy you brought that up. So let's fast forward to year two, the Urban Meyer era. I don't even want to ask you about Urban. Don't want to get you in any type of trouble or any of that stuff. But um, obviously it was not a great year one for Urban Meyer. He's probably never going to step foot on an NFL field again as a coach. But funny enough, that year, that offseason, you had to compete with Tim Tebow. He comes in, Urban Meyer brings in Tim Tebow, who was trying out for tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars. What was that like fighting for like a roster spot with Tim Tebow? Well, that was also probably one of my coolest moments in the NFL, too. Um, just a little backstory on that. I grew up the biggest Tim Tebow fan there was. Really? Uh, from New York. I always wanted to be like Tim Tebow. Yeah, I mean, I watched those Florida Gator teams that they had in the late 2000s. And uh, just with him manning the show and just being that running quarterback, that physical running quarterback that they said couldn't throw, that's kind of the same thing they said about me. Yeah, I mean, can't mm-hmm. throw, only runs, uh, good leader. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of the same write-up on me and Tim. So flash forward 10 years later, I'm literally sitting next to this guy in every single meeting. His seat was next to me in every meeting. So I thought it was the coolest thing ever just to be able to be with him and just pick his brain on a lot of different things. And I truly just took every day, treated it so special knowing that I was being with him. You know what I mean? Being with such a special human being, first off. You know what I mean? A great football player. Um, but but more importantly, a special human being, just not taking any day for granted with that guy and just picking his brain on how he thought of different things and obviously football, but more so just in life and as a man. I think that's what I took most from being with Tim and being able to sit with him every day and just go through things. We had a great bond that we kind of formed. Uh, both of us are pretty similar in the terms of how we like to work and how hard we like to work and racing each other to be first one at the facility. Um, so we were kind of a, a match made in heaven for each other, which was nice. And being able every day just to do the same routine, we were kind of paired at the hip doing things together. So it was definitely something um, that I'll never forget and just very fortunate that we were able to cross paths and uh, grow a relationship that will last for years to come. That's awesome, man. You know, I really love doing these interviews because you get like the inside scoop and stories like this that like I would have never known. I didn't even realize that you and Tim were close. And you got to give that man credit, man. Always worked his tail off, even in baseball. Always, you know, everyone was always doubting him. So you got to give that man credit. Let's fast forward here a little bit. So you actually end up getting cut by Jacksonville on August 31st, 2021. You get waived. A few days later, September 3rd, you get signed by the Indianapolis Colts on their practice squad. And then September 28th, so let's call it, you know, three, three and a half weeks later, you get signed to the Green Bay Packers to their active roster off the Colts practice squad. So for anybody not familiar with that, how that works, if you're on a practice squad, I guess you're not technically on the active roster. So any team could pretty much steal you off that practice squad. So you end up getting a call from the Packers. What was the practice squad like, and what was that call that, you know, you were getting signed by the Green Bay Packers? Yeah, so it was definitely a uh, fast-turning month there for me, to say the least, being able to go from Jacksonville to Indy to Green Bay. You know I mean? Travel up the vertical section of the United States, going from one of the most southern NFL teams to one of the most northern, probably the most northern. But uh, it was good. It was just a, it was a rewarding journey to be able to meet some new people along the way. Um, with different coaches and personnel and players um, while my time on the practice squad there and just 
very fortunate the way that things worked out. I remember the day that I got that call from Green Bay that they were going to sign me to the, the active roster. Usually they fly you. And I was like, no, 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 I'm not waiting on a flight right now. I rented a car and I drove six hours from Indy to Green Bay. And it was the fastest six-hour drive I've ever done in my life. Because <laughs> I was just so excited to obviously play with some great players. But for such a historic organization, um, just really just was so fortunate and couldn't wait to get up there. So then you get the Green Bay Packers, I believe it's like week three, week four-ish, and you kind of play a special teams role for them. But then Robert Tunyon, week eight, Thursday night football against the Cardinals, tears his ACL, scary injury. But that kind of opens the door for you to get some playing time. As the season goes on, you kind of carve out a sizable role. What's it like playing tight end for Aaron Rodgers? That's uh, great. I mean, it's obviously playing for one of the best of all time is definitely – a really cool experience, but I think the the thing that makes it so special is he he deserve he wants so much out of you. He demands so much out of you every day. I think that's what makes him great. What makes players around him great is that he just expects so much of you, and he sees more potential in you than I see myself. You know what I mean? So I think that's pretty special about him, and speaks to his character. And uh, just really fortunate to be able to share the same huddle as him and, and go to work with him every day. He's a really fun guy to be around. Um, always cracking jokes, uh, keeping the nerves cool when we're, when we're in the huddle and in big situations. So uh, he's awesome to, to be with and really fortunate to be able to play with a first ballot Hall of Famer every day. So it's definitely cool. Mm-hmm, awesome. Yeah, I was going to ask you, what's it like playing with Aaron Rodgers? You kind of answered that question. Just one or two more here for you, Ty getting jammed up by yeah. the program director here. You're playing in Lambeau Field, one of the more iconic places to play, maybe in the whole NFL, with Aaron Rodgers. What's it like on a, on a game day playing for the Green Bay Packers? Like, what, what is that atmosphere like? Can you put it into words? Uh, it's, it's hard to put into words. If I were to put it into one word, I'd say euphoric. You know what I mean? It's almost like you're in a movie all the time. I feel like when you're, especially when you're running out and even driving into the stadium pregame, just the amount of fans that, that are here, it's, kind of funny how it worked out too um i played here my rookie year against the packers when i was on the jags mm-hmm. and it was the covid year they had no fans and i was pretty upset about that because lambeau field you know i mean the mecca of nfl stadiums and and cities not being able to experience the full atmosphere of it i was kind of upset by that and also too i grew up a new york giants fan and the giants had a big win here um one of their super bowl runs and being able to be in that same hallway that Eli Manning walked through, Strahan walked through, Tom Coughlin walked through. Um, it was pretty cool and special for me. So just being able to do that was pretty cool. But not having the whole crowd atmosphere kind of bummed me out. To fast slow, fast forward two years, and I'm able to do it on the home team uh, just is the best and just truly rewarding. I mean, like I said, it's like a movie sometimes. Sometimes I have to pinch myself to realize, like, this is real life. And whenever the opportunity presents itself, you know, I mean, I'm not doing it when, when it matters, but if we're up at the end of the game and, and our defense is on the field, kind of shutting them down, we know the game's kind of over. I'll take a look behind my shoulder and kind of look up at the, the crowd and whatnot. So definitely just a really cool place to play at. And then one more question for you. Um, yeah. NFL playoffs, you go to the divisional round, you guys lose 13, 10 to the 49ers. What's an NFL playoff game atmosphere like playing in it? I can only imagine watching it. It's it's incredible. What's what's an NFL playoff game in Lambeau Field like? No, it's electric. It is electric. I mean, the fans don't sit down the whole time, standing the entire game. 
um, really disappointed that we couldn't give them the outcome that they wanted. Um, pretty pretty um, upset the way that it ended, but definitely the atmosphere was everything that you could ask for. Um, it was everything that I dreamed of growing up. I mean, it's below zero, snowing. Um, it just felt like football. You know what I mean? It mm-hmm. felt like football should be played um, in that type of atmosphere. So it was pretty cool to be able to experience a game like that. I wish it would have the final score would have worked out a little better, but definitely was an awesome experience, to say the least. Awesome, Ty. Well, I had a few more questions for you here, but um, unfortunately I'm going to have to cut it a few minutes early, getting jammed up here, like I said. But, man, I really appreciate you coming on. It was great, insightful stuff. I'm wishing you the best of luck this season. I'll be watching for sure. Hopefully we can keep in touch, maybe do it again soon. Absolutely. Appreciate you having me on. You're the man, man. Appreciate you, and thank you again. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.